Leadership is, a, is, is not a title on a business card. And any first-time leader has learned that uh, tough lesson. What is the definition of leadership? So many leaders, and when I ask that question, there's a little bit of a pause because I don't think we often stop to think about what is leadership anyway. And I like to keep things very simple. To me, leadership is... In fact, 87% of employees believe that they will be more productive working from home. And that's where Microsoft causes the uh, productivity paranoia. The leader does not need to be the smartest in the room. Some of them are doing really well by constantly investing in their own learning, by being surrounded by people, right? It, it doesn't have to be me learning, but also I can have some of the best and brightest mind around me. What are the career role if you enter this company, you have designed for yourself? Not in the five years I want to be there, no. Next year, year one, year two, year three, and have regular checkup. In my view, the most important thing, a skill and uh, an approach that CEOs can have that will serve them well for the next several years is... So are you there? As a leader, are you there? Are you giving messages that are encouraging, motivating, inspiring? So in, as a leader today, what do you observe as one of the biggest mistakes that leaders make while leading their teams? Well, you're looking at me when you ask the question, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about mistakes I've made, mm -hmm. right? Because we should all start by looking in the mirror, uh, and then I can maybe talk about some of the observations I've made of leaders around me and so on. Um, well, I think the first thing is that really understanding what your role is as a leader. Leadership is, a, is, is not a title on a business card. And any first-time leader has learned that uh, tough lesson. <laughs> the moment you get the business card and says you're a team leader or you're a manager, right? And you feel good, you feel big, you feel strong, you feel important. Then you go to your team and you say, all right, everyone, we're going to do this. And you're excited, but nobody else is. <laughs> There's that moment where you're like, why, why aren't they excited? Why am I the only one in the room who's excited about this direction? It's a tough moment for every leader. We've all been there. I've been there many times. And that's, you fall in the trap of being the rah-rah leader. Come on, guys. Come on, let's do this. Um, and, and that's the first, let's say, step towards being a true leader is understanding that the title on the business card does not make you a leader. Leadership is about behavior. And I think actually exceptional leadership is about exceptional behavior. So think about it like this, right? Um, would you follow a leader who always had your back in good times and bad times? Would you follow that leader? Absolutely. Would you follow a leader who made promises and kept them always? Would you follow a leader who uh, celebrated your successes with you, but challenged you when you were maybe uh, not achieving success? Yeah, and so on and so on. And so I could go on and, and, and by the way, I could ask that question all over the world. We could, we could ask people across cultures. This is timeless and borderless, not just in business. It can be in any environment. So that's the interesting thing about leadership. Well, I think a lot of uh, leaders get it wrong, and I was guilty of that as well. Um, the old line, do as I say, not as I do. And I went through that phase as a leader where I'm, I'm the leader, so I, I will then be able to tell people what to do because I'm the leader. It's on my business card. Right? 
but we now know that that doesn't work. I certainly learned my lessons over the years. So instead of saying, do this, it's let's do this. Let's do this together. So the leader who is very self-centered, I, me, my, versus the leader is all about us. The, the second leader is much more effective, much more powerful, and builds stronger followership. Jim Collins in Good to Great has a fantastic model of leadership. He calls it level five leadership. And he studied leaders of companies that went from good to great. And the interesting conclusion there was generally, not always, but generally, the charismatic leader, the leader who was all about being in the spotlight, about I, about me representing the company, typically those companies did not outperform. And their performance was not sustainable. When that leader left, they would crumble. The companies, on the other hand, that went from good to great and had sustainable performance and outperformed had leaders who were all about us. The leader who's in the game is always more effective than the leader who's by the side. I kind of look at it like um, way back in the day, I was an army cadet in Canada. And that was a great experience because I got to basically you know, get a taste of what it would be like to be in the military, military training, but with a bit of a softer edge. But we trained with, you know, um, real soldiers and so on. Incredible experience. Um, but one of the things I learned about was leadership and the right time and the right way to lead, depending on the moment. So think about, let's think about this. It's a troop of soldiers, right? Three. So you got one, two, three soldiers, three, three, three. So it's a group of soldiers, right? Okay. And they're marching along, heading into the forest, let's say, right? Okay, so you think about that group of soldiers, three, 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 and they're marching along. Where's the leader? It's a powerful question to ask leaders around you, and maybe even ask yourself, where's the leader? Is the leader at the front? Come on, guys, let's go. Is the leader by the side? Come on, let's keep the pace. Is the leader at the back, supporting, enabling, or is the leader in the middle of the pack? And by the way, there's no one right answer. There's the right type of leadership for the moment. And knowing when to shift to the front, to the side, to the middle, to the back is a really important characteristic of the effective leader. So I would say the leaders that get it right know when to play which role. Uh, the ones who don't are probably generic and vanilla in their approach. In other words, the one-trick pony, as we call it, right? Always the leader at the front. And that's the classic pace-setter, pace-setting leadership. The leader at the very front saying, keep up with me, keep up with me. We know that's not sustainable. I've been through that stage. I've absolutely been uh, a pace-setting leader. Um, I'm still maybe even now sometimes accused of being that. So I try hard now to, to shift position depending on the moment, depending on the needs of the team. So that's, uh, let's say that's, you know, a, a simple way to describe that, you know, where, where sometimes leaders get it wrong. There are other things, I think, sometimes where leaders uh, make it more about themselves rather than about the team. To me, leadership is enablement. Instead of CEO, meaning chief executive officer, I encourage it to mean chief enablement officer. Leading is about enabling people to do their best work. It's the processes, the systems, the structures, the culture, the environment, the making sure you understand their motivators, which allows them to be in a space of delivering their absolute best. You know, nobody gets up in the morning. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, 
oh, I can't wait to get to work and underperform. So if someone's underperforming, it isn't about the individual. It's looking at enablement. Have I enabled them to do, are they in the best job? Are they in the right fit? Have I given them the structure, the environment, the culture, the what they need, the systems, the structures to be able to be successful, to be able to express their greatest potential. And that's leadership. That's leadership. You know, we think of leadership as, I will sit at the top and I will tell people what to do. <laughs> and it's so not that. I mean, leadership is just not that. Leadership, maybe, you know, years and years ago it was that, but that's completely different now today. Leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about asking and engaging and making sure that you have the right systems in, in place to make sure that they succeed. It's very interesting because I think leadership starts the way you see leadership, right? Uh, if you see leadership as like, uh, okay, I'm here at the, at the top and if they have a problem, it's their problem. A lot of people, I see a lot of leaders sometimes complaining. No, he's not there. He's not communicating well. He's, he, he has an issue. But when, when I see leaders bringing to themselves, what can I do in order to enable my, my team? Exactly. It's on them. Like, I love that, the word well, enablement. And often what happens is, you know, they've got this problem yes, and yes. the first thing I ask them to do is go, yes. How does this relate to me as a leader? What have I done that's created this? What can I do differently to create a different environment that allows these individuals to express their full potential in, while they're a part of my team? Spot on. What have you seen are the, the leadership traits that separates the mm -hmm. exceptional leaders from the rest? Well, I love the question. I love the question because often people ask me what makes a great leader? And, you know, you can make a long list. We can all make a long list, but I focus on one thing. And it surprises a lot of people when I share it, but it is the power of listening. But as I said earlier, leadership is not about telling people what to do. Leadership is listening to the people who know this business at that level the best and being able to make decide important decisions based on what they hear. You know, at the highest levels of an organization, it always cracks me up when I sit across from a CEO of 75,000 person organization or 200,000 person organization and I look them in the eye and I say, this isn't about you. <laughs> you know, leaders like, what? It is about me. I, mean, I worked my whole life to get to this position, but it's not. It's not because there's, you are, if say you run a 100,000 person organization, that means that 999 999,999 people are doing the work. You are one person and you have to keep that in mind. So it's important to listen. Listen, not just hearing. That's the taking in sound. I mean really listening carefully to understand what's going on. What are people thinking? Because you cannot be everywhere throughout those kinds of organizations. So it's really about listening and then with objective curiosity not having preconceived notions about things because the pace of change is so fast today that you have to really be objectively curious to decide where am I going to be involved? What's, bring, what's really needing my attention? And so listening, I think, is one of the most important things. Uh, there's many senior leaders in the world. It's funny, I've done the research. Many senior leaders in the world, very well-known leaders who say, I became a better leader when I started listening. And how, how can a leader become a better listener? Well, you have to have the intent. You have to want to listen. You have to recognize that you don't have it all. 
you have to be vulnerable enough to say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know the answers to all these questions. I shouldn't know the answers to all these questions. That's what's important. You see, too, when you're younger in your career, you are rewarded for being an expert. But as you get older in your career, you're rewarded for leading the experts. Very different environment, very different mission. And so leading the experts takes a whole different set of skills than being an expert. So I really about encourage leaders to shift in that space of you are not only are you not a, an expert, you should not be an expert. You should only be an expert in one thing, and that is being an expert in leadership. That's what matters. Be an expert in leadership. And that's what happens at the higher ends of organizations. And it's sometimes really hard to make that shift, right? You've been rewarded your whole career. You've gotten money and bonuses for being an expert. And suddenly, you can't be that anymore. That's challenging for a lot of leaders. So learning how to lead the experts, not be an expert. And, and the organizations that you are in contact, where do you see the gaps, the organizations that are trying to, to, to adjust for today's uh, work? Uh, where do you see the gap? Well, there are a couple of gaps um, that exist right now between the leaders as well as um, the workforce in helping the whole organization transform. I'll call out perhaps two of them. First of all is the um, skills gap. Mm. Employees want to um, be able to develop the skills so that they can develop their career, especially in the midst of a enormous skills obsolescence, mm. as well as uh, role change, right? But at the same time, employers are trying to make sure that uh, people who do the work now, bring in the business, bring in the profitability. So therein lies a bit of a disconnect between how do you invest in employee skills development versus getting people to um, drive the uh, deliver the best at the moment. And then the second one I would say is uh, what we call the productivi productivity paranoia. <laughs> so this is a term that actually uh, came out from the recent Microsoft Work Trends uh, Index Survey. And it talks about uh, the productivity gap as is considered by both the employers and employees. So I remember in the survey, uh, 85% of employers believe that people will be more productive working in the office. But most employees don't think so. In fact, 87% of employees believe that they will be more productive working from home. And that's where Microsoft calls this the uh, productivity paranoia. And so the question is that with this gap, how will employers or business leaders think about how to build a effective and fulfilling hybrid work environment for everyone. I think the jury is still out. People are still figuring out. And as I shared with you with LinkedIn, we believe that we are still in the learning journey. That number is unbelievable. <laughs> so 85% of, uh, of people, uh, of uh, employees, employers believe that they will be more productive at the office. And 87% of employees believe that they will be more <laughs> at home. Yeah, that's right. I can share the, the report with you. It is, uh, when, I, when I read this, I thought, wow, <laughs> there is a big problem. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, you see a lot of uh, employers asking people to come back to office full time, right? We have heard news, you know, about investment banks. It says, no questions asked, five days per week. Some companies say, well, three days, and we'll use um, your access card to track your presence, and it may affect your performance. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, there has been reports about employees in certain companies walking out mm. from work because of uh, the new policy that employers have announced. And so I think there's going to be some uh, navigation on both sides yes. to come to a certain equilibrium. And the idea of hybrid work is actually different for different industries and different companies as well. There will be essential workers that need to be there more often. There will be uh, other people who can work remotely and maybe better to work remotely than on-site. So I think most companies will need to learn and adjust along the way. There's a difference between the younger generation and the older generation. Uh, how, how are leaders today handling that uh, gap? Um, some of them are doing really well by constantly investing in their own learning, by being surrounded by people. Right? It, it doesn't have to be me learning, but also I can have some of the best and brightest mind around me. The leader does not need to be the smartest in the room, right? And be able to leverage those skills very, very well. The others are also, some others are very well being reverse mentored. Uh, there's no harm, you know, going to uh, a 23-year-old and say, help me figure this out. And they will. So the ones that are open to being reverse mentored are going to be very successful. And there are others who are struggling. So we get a classical bell curve. There's a few who are really doing well, some trying and some struggling. And some are saying, you know, I had a leader once tell me uh, his company is rolling out some chat GPT and uh, AI solutions. And he's in a very senior leadership role. Uh, he just signed off a budget to do this. And he and I were having a conversation. He said, They presented to me, made sense. Some of my other leaders in the room said, yeah, great idea. It's going to make a business impact. I was sitting there. I understood 60% of it and 40% I had no clue what they were talking about. And all when I walked out that room, the first thing he realized, he's got three years to retire. So he called me and said, I'm so happy I've got three years to retire. I don't know if I want to invest. And my question to him is, what are you going to do after you retire? This is going to impact your life. One, right? So there's some who are saying, I'm done. When can I exit? You, you'll get all, ki- all kinds. So what, what are, let's say, the three strategies that uh, someone can implement in order to be future ready? So we've kind of talked about it. The first one I would say is learning agility. Right? Be agile in learning um, and invest in your learning. And these are not necessarily in any particular order. The second one I would say is have a purpose. Um, or, or the second purpose is what's the legacy you want to leave behind? What's your not in a true north, right? Why are we doing it? Is it, we started this conversation on job security. I think jobs are tactical. Careers are strategic. So what's the legacy that you want to leave behind? That role model I gave you of someone future ready is very clear. He wants to create the next generation of leaders. 
So with that, he's trying to role model it for them. So have a purpose of what you want to accomplish. Uh, the third one is exposure. The more, so it's kind of linked to learning agility. Uh, learning agility has to do with the speed of learning. Mm. Exposure has to do the sources of learning. Mm. So the more you know across, the better it is. So don't get boxed into one industry or one sector. Um, I would say those are the three. To succeed at work, number one is to um, be very specific of your career path. As in, um, I step into this role, my expectation of this role is a two-way street, right? Yeah. My expectation of this role is here. In two to three years, I want to be in a team leader or a cross-functional role. After, and then I want to have a project exposure to this. I want to have a mentorship, a mentor who has this kind of power that can guide me to the, uh, mm. to the leadership path. Or I want to explore the um, expert path. So to write down very specific what are the career role, if you enter this company, you have designed for yourself. Yeah. Not in the five years I want to be there. No, mm. next year, year one, year two, year three and have regular checkup with uh, line managers. Be very specific, yeah? And then number two is uh, make your default no. If it does not give you, I always say three things, learning, earning, purpose. These three things. Does not fulfill this category, no. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, explore things early, especially for the ones who just step into the uh, into career and um, People say, take the safe route, you know, to work with the government, work with the corporate, you know. When you are young, you have no kids, no husbands, no liability, no aging parents. The world is literally your oyster. So join a startup, start a startup. Um, join a company that's doing weird things. Learn, fail, learn again, fail again. Make, it, make this kind of early experiences uh, failing experiences, things that is out of the traditional way early mm. because the boring corporate or boring stuff um, that bring money but does not bring necessarily life experiences, you have the rest of your life to do it. Yeah. No. Like As a leader, mm. what is the one skill that you think is going to be critical for a leader to develop today that will help him in the future? I think um, one one skill to to help in the future is uh, thought leadership. Because mm. as a leader, okay, it's managing people, but these days when you send email, right, people may not read. So you can see many leaders trying to do it on social media. Even when they're talking to their client or talking like there's a message for the client, a message for the employees, is done on social media. So this is a thought leadership if you want to be big of course the the other skills you should have you know manage empathy uh, coaching people strategic thinking so that i think most people know but this thought leadership piece is crucial now because all of us spend so much time on our mobile phone right easily one to two hours social media whichever LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Chinese social media. So are you there? As a leader, are you there? Mm. Are you giving messages that are encouraging, motivating, inspiring? Can you show a bit of your vulnerabilities? 
so that you can uh, build better rapport with your your team members. And people also will read, right? Because if you are the boss, you know, they'll follow you, they'll engage with your comment. And also helps to, oh, you are this persona in public and in the company, you are quite the same, you are, you are like that. Then it's also motivating for your staff to work for you. When I coach CEOs, that's something that I do, I do bring up and, and we talk about. In my view, the most important thing, a skill and uh, an approach that CEOs can have that will serve them well for the next several years is simplifying complexity. I think CEOs that simplify the complex environment in many different ways will be very successful. If you have been getting value from our videos, don't forget to subscribe so we can give you even better content and you can stay updated with new episodes. So hit that subscribe button and I commit to bring you an even better show.